Hi, and welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm here today with my friend Eli, and we're gonna record an episode together and talk about gender and all these other concepts and our association with gender and our experiences, especially growing up here in like a conservative conservative area of California. And I don't know, we'll get acquainted with you guys or whoever listens and everything we have to talk about. So we'll see how this goes. All right. So go ahead and introduce yourself. (laughs) Hey, what's up? Um, I'm Eli. I've been friends with Rio since freshman year of high school. I also happen to be a trans dude. So we have similar experiences, but at the same time, also opposite experiences. So maybe we can discuss how we first met and like maybe our different perceptions uh, when we first met, how things have changed. Right. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to like introduce everything to this episode. Um, we basically, uh, yeah, like I'll share my perspective but yeah I remember starting high school I had just transferred and I was like a new student and it was like my first day of classes I missed first period or second period I don't know but anyways I remember walking into the class we had which was agriculture or like FFA or something it was like associated with FFA and I just remember walking to the back of the class and seeing these four, three people back there. And I just thought right away, they, their style and appearance was just cool. And I just knew I was going to be friends with one or all of them. And that's basically my first impression of Eli. He was just sitting there in the back. And I thought they were, they just seemed so cool. And finally, like someone I could relate to, even though it was just like, first appearance or first glance you know like I was just so enamored that there was like people who seemed queer friendly even though I had no idea if they were or not you know and that's basically my memory of it like I don't know do you want to yeah I can expand upon yeah. that yeah so it was second period uh, FFA agriculture class and honestly we didn't do anything in that class except we had like these laptops where we would go online and save pictures of hot guys that were in rock bands and I was sitting in the back of that class I think with uh, Stacy and uh, Julianne yeah. yeah and they were just like these scene emo girls who would tease up their hair wear skinny jeans alternative clothes and we all listened to like screamo emo and just spent the whole class saving pictures of hot guys and then randomly one day partly through class rio walks in and rio uh i remember you were wearing like skinny jeans and a hollister shirt so i was like "Ooh, i don't know i don't know <laughs> like at first i was like is she a prep I don't know, but then she walked straight back to the classroom, and she was super chill, and I was like, oh, no, she's too cool to be a prep, that's for sure, but um, then began many shenanigans over the years, but I would say that you were a really pivotal person in my life who 
even introduce the idea of transition. I didn't even fully understand what I was experiencing by witnessing your transition, but it still affected me in such a positive way and really helped me later years to transition. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm super flattered that you even associated me with all of that because I just feel like I in no way like was representation to anyone at the time because I was just trying to figure it out myself, you know, and I had my own like confusions and hang ups and uh, it was just a confusing time, you know, I think as high school is for most of us, like if you have it figured out in high school or like you peak in high school that, you know, as everyone says, that's really like really sad and I'm not like judging anyone who did peak in high school, but like I'm not jealous of them, you know, not jealous. <laughs> but um. At the time, it was hard not to be jealous because these people were, like, looked up to and that you don't fit into that world, you know. And, like, high school is romanticized and a lot of adults who do unfortunately work at high schools still romanticize high school and still have, like, they, like, support or, like, um, keep... A lot of the social traditions. Yeah, like, they uphold this, like, romanticism of high school and, like, the bullying and just the shittiness of what is high school, you know? But anyways, um, aside from all that, um, we can, like, take a break from what we're going to talk about with just, like, gender and our experiences and um, what how it affected us in our um, interactions with others around us, whether it's, like, family or friends or work people, whoever. Because, I mean, I just want to break the ice and, like, catch up and just talk about um, what we've been up to lately because we haven't hung out in a while. So I just wanted to, like, Absolutely. talk for, like, five minutes or whatever and talk about our lives currently, you know? And I don't know. Like, today I had, like, this really crazy day where like I was just supposed to go to an appointment and have an orientation with like a doctor psychiatrist type to so they could see where I'm at with like my mental health and if I need to be prescribed anything which I was a little off put by this because I'm like I haven't even talked to a therapist yet like why am I seeing the psychiatrist first but his recommendation was like go and talk to the therapist a few times, you know, and get acquainted with them before I prescribe anything or they recommend anything. So, like, that's that's what went on with me today. And um, after that, I just, like, my car is basically breaking down. I had to get new tires and something fixed. And I don't know, it was just, like, a little overwhelming at the time but I'm okay now and like everything's fine and I'm glad to be here hanging out with Eli and like it's just nice to be here sitting together and if you hear wind or any unnecessary noises like don't mind that we're like literally sitting in a park passing cars yeah and it's like really nice out I mean, it's hot, but we're in the shade, and it's actually really nice. And You can hear a little bird in the background. Oh, yeah. It sounds like 
there's a baby bird or something. But anyways, yeah, um, I just wanted to, like, hear about what Eli's been up to. Because we haven't hung out in a while, you know. And whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, because you don't have to get too deep or anything either. Yeah, no, of course. Um, Honestly, okay, so you guys don't know anything about me, presumably. But um, I'm a makeup artist. And sometimes that has come into clash with my own identity. Like, can a man be a makeup artist? How ridiculous does that sound? But. Sometimes when you transition, you want to subscribe yourself to those tradi- traditional roles and uh, put yourself in a traditional box, and it doesn't always fit. And so I feel like this is a specific time in which a lot of people are, I want to say, overwhelmed. There are so many things going on in life right now, so many different struggles that everyone's having, so many obstacles, especially with what's going on with our economy and what's going on with the panorama and all that. But. Um, When it comes down to it, having moments like these, having conversations with a friend that you can really confide in who understands you is is priceless. It's it's so valuable. Um, And it's really got me thinking of all the things that we've been through and how far that we've come. I really do feel like in some ways it gets easier, but in other ways it doesn't get easier. You just get better at handling it. And what do you think about that? Do you feel like... situational in society that it's gotten easier for you or do you feel like you found better ways to maneuver it i mean i do think i have found better ways in some sense but at the same time i feel like the more i've grown and like the more i've aged or just like accumulated knowledge and had all this experience as like a trans person and just a human being like i've like just let go of I'm like I'm learning to let go of gender and like letting all these like boxes and like society's expectations and roles or just like the pressure around gender and how you perform I just learn I'm learning to let it go like I don't want to be so associated with it even if it if people associate it with me because of how I present myself or whatever you know I basically what I'm trying to say is regardless of how people perceive you you aren't gonna have control of it no matter what because like you could be wearing your favorite outfit or something that makes you feel more masculine that day or just androgynous or you know um gender neutral or like you might feel more comfortable presenting as hyper feminine or hyper masculine or just you like casual shirt and jeans or whatever but and you don't associate gender with what you wear but like at the end everyone's gonna perceive you somewhat differently and it's just hard to have control over that and it drives you insane so I've just like had to let that go because for a while that was really like getting me down and I feel like it was just deteriorating like my mood and mental well-being and it was hard to be in social settings because I never felt like I was going to please everyone 100%, especially, like, guys I had crushes on or guys I felt self-conscious around because, you know, it's impossible to please men because they're constantly taught misogynistic bullshit. So it's like, 
you're never gonna win, you know. And even if you think you're winning, it's not gonna go your way, especially in a patriarchal society that is inherently misogynistic, you know, because I don't know, it's like there's chasers who constantly talk down on cis women and then there are cis men who want the ideal trad wife that's very cis het and hyper feminine but even then they are oppressed by these guys you know they're not treated as equals and that's not like what I attain for myself or what I want for society I think like what I really want in the future and for myself is just to be treated as an equal especially like romantic wise I just like I know I'm not a relationship isn't gonna work if someone's so tied up with gender expectations and norms and this hyper masculine or feminine thing like where it's a 50 50 thing and gender is just like not an issue so much you know like if gender is like a main thing in our relationship then that's like I'm out you know I don't want that like and I think that's what I'm grown to be. Uh, does that answer your question? Because I feel like I just lost track of the original question. Don't worry, I don't even remember what I asked. <laughs> but um, honestly, like two things really struck me about what you said is perception and performance. Because gender is a performance. And then the way that we go throughout the world is the way that other people perceive us. So we want those two things to line up. The way that we perceive ourselves and the way that others perceive us. But they don't always line up. And sometimes it's just a situation of you're not playing by the rules of society right so society right. puts women in a box puts men in a box mm -hmm. and they say these two boxes are not venn diagrams when in fact you know mm -hmm. gender is <laughs> a huge yeah. venn diagram the whole For thing sure. is the middle and i really think that it really comes down to we try to attribute um a lot of these dominant roles to men because of the patriarchy because men were in power and they wanted to stay in power and they didn't want to have that power struggle with women when in reality there is no um, gender that it's hierarchical over the other. You right. know what I'm saying? So I do think a lot of the standards that are set forth for women are based around women being subservient. I feel like you were kind of describing the the traditional wife in a similar way to Stafford wives. Like right. men want this role fulfilled because it makes them feel more secure in themselves. And people feel insecure in themselves if someone else isn't playing by the rules because right. then now they're measuring themselves against that person. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about certain standards that are placed upon women that are really just about men's inferiority? Basically, I just feel that the way the patriarchy is set up and the way men act in our society, it's like a snake eating its own tail, you know? And it's like, um, they're never going to win and they're never going to be content. And it's just a like endless toxic thing that's just like destroying everyone and everything. And keeping us all down and like I just wish it would we would be free of all of this and 
got rid of it, you know, because like, uh, like, I mean, I watched the Stepford Wives and I've heard a podcast about the original Stepford Wives and the book and I thought it was really good and it just like, I just, you know, I was like so fascinated with the whole thing about how this like nuclear family is so set in our society and if you don't attain that then you fail you know you're a failure you don't fit in society and yeah like now we've evolved in that sense since like because of the feminist movement and the civil rights movement of the 60s and 70s um we've evolved past that and like you know now like women are heads of households and women's and women are out in the workforce and this and that and like there is a perception that we are equal but really it's not that way because like the nuclear family thing is still set deep especially like in conservative areas as you know and i just yeah like i wish it was like abolished or like completely erased from people's expectations of goals and it was just like more so like a foreign thought or idea that we know isn't beneficial to society you know because like if people do want to have a family that's absolutely great but like to prioritize that and set that as a standard for society i think is just very um unrealistic you know it doesn't fit the way people are supposed to function or what is beneficial to people because everyone operates differently and every family is different too you know especially like in this country where we have free will and like what religion we uh, participate in and this and that so it's like the nuclear family just doesn't fit in that image anymore you know and like I feel like that screwed us up forever and I feel like that's what conservatives and far right and centrists and all these like libertarians or whoever else are setting themselves up for failure who want this like perfect nuclear family where like the man is a breadwinner and the woman is the uh caretaker of the house and family person in charge of the family and kids or whatever you know like the caregiver and you know and then kids are just supposed to um grow up to follow in the footsteps of their parents or whatever and i just like everyone knows that's like dated and it's not working you know yeah honestly i i like the idea that you brought up the aspect of the nuclear family that is like a really big situation that's pressed upon people is that you have to get married you have to have children um and a lot of people are starting to reject that idea because they're realizing that that cookie cutter lifestyle isn't meant for everyone but this kind of brings me to another point maybe a little bit controversial here if you're ready to talk about it if not i totally get it but i feel that People have kids in many ways because they they fear death and they want to live vicariously through this child and then want this child to go further than they went. So it's an extension of themselves. So when the baby is not even fully born yet, they start having ideas of what career they want their child to have, what hobbies they want their child to have, and um, gender is brought up. And then you have gender reveal parties, which push further 
uh, into these gendered boxes of, oh, your baby is born with genitals that look like this. Well, they must be a princess. Oh, your baby's born with genitals that look like that. Oh, well, they're going to be a football player. You know what I mean? So what do you feel about a little again, a little bit of a controversial question? How do you feel about gender reveal parties? Um, like, my general thought, I just feel like they're dated and so, like, unnecessary is my whole opinion of it. Like, um, I think you bring up, uh, like, a valid point, you know, and people can argue and say it's not that deep and whatever, you know, but I do think people place this, like, importance on gender and we need to let that go. I just feel like gender, like, I get that there is, like, the genital where it's like penis and vagina but like does that define people no like we need to let go of that and i just feel like because genitalia is associated with gender because of what we constructed as a society and i'm not like pulling this out of my ass you know like if you haven't taken like a basic intro course to sociology or just like try to understand Um, the concept of gender and gender norms and this and that in our society, then you need to look that up, you know, because that that is just valuable information that could be really useful for you and maybe helps you open up your own identity and and helps you let go of certain um, perceptions and expectations and criticalness of yourself, you know, like free yourself is basically what I'm trying to say and I just think that's what we as a society need to do is free ourselves and like stop having these corny parties because I mean like I'm not gonna be mad at people who have gender reveal parties but like is it really necessary and then down the road are you gonna be mad if your kid is like more masculine or more feminine than you expected or they just are not conforming to it at all you know like we all go through rebellious stages here and there and i think as kids toys appeal to you regardless of whether you know whether whatever gender it's associated with like toys are toys you know and kids just want to play and be kids and i feel like that's what people forget is that kids are kids and just let kids be kids you don't have to place all this like pressure on them because they are learning themselves and you are also probably learning to be a parent so i mean i'm not trying to criticize parents because i'm not a parent but I still do want to, like, stand behind what I say. And I'm. there are people who are younger than me who are becoming parents and people who are older than me who are just now becoming parents. And maybe they'll be good parents or not. But I just think the whole hang-ups and especially, like, having the whole thing with a gender reveal party is just kind of, like... Um, boring I guess is what I'm trying to say like mm-hmm. what's the point you know I guess it can be cute for the moment or it's just a fu- exciting way to tell people what the gender is because in a sense like it's become a tradition but it's also a new thing because like a lot of people have come out and said you know older mom said like there wasn't a gender reveal party like we were just 
find out once the baby was born, you know, because we didn't have the technology. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been around that much, that long, like we thought. So it's like, why is it so important now? And like, why do people get upset that people get upset about gender reveal <laughs> parties? You know, like people are just constantly trying to be mad at each other when we could like learn from this and move forward, you yeah. know. But um, I wanted to ask you, like, with associations of, like, two gender and your transition, like, is there anything that offends you as a trans man that people say or assume about you? Like, what is, I don't know, like, one or two things that offend you or like recently have offended you yeah absolutely you know honestly um i hold a slightly different view on the gender reveal party so i'm gonna just bring that up really quick because for me you know of course i can kind of just look the other way and i'm not gonna go up and tell someone i'm angry about their gender reveal party but when someone close to me has a gender reveal party it kind of feels like they are forgetting that i exist in their life and i i don't mean to be very self-absorbed and everything revolves around me but i feel like those who are close to me we've had uh more in-depth discussions about uh, you know what gender is or how it's a social construct and how you shouldn't define what your child's whole life is going to be just based on their genitals you know what i mean and i feel like you also brought up a really good point about the whole gendered toys thing i I think it's ridiculous to gender toys. I thought it was really cool when I think it was like Target who decided just to yeah, mix them all together. Yeah. So to be honest with me, like I I'm, I can't say I'm officially offended by gender reveal parties, but I'm just like, bruh, just hold a baby shower. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why does it have to be all pink or all blue? Um, things that maybe personally offend me, I wouldn't even say that misgendering me by accident personally offends me if i can tell that someone uh doesn't have ill intentions but where it does maybe offend me is if someone has known me longer or they're closer to me and they mess up multiple times it just shows like a lack of effort on their part yeah Yeah. so i can't even say oh you're transphobic or oh this and that i'm just like man you know just put in a little bit more effort be a little bit more mindful about you know the styles in which we communicate but you know i'm trying to think about ways that i could be potentially offended and it's kind of it's kind of crazy that it doesn't come up too often sometimes it's just passing situations with strangers that you can shrug off the easiest but it is the situations with people the closest to you that will offend you so there are some people out there especially in this conservative uh, area that we live in who are just very staunch in their views who for me okay i had a situation with people who were like family to me they were very close to me but their child came out as queer and then it suddenly became a, oh you were a bad influence on our child right. instead of saying hey you know i'm not an active member of your child's life 
And if they happen to see what I post on social media, it's really not that salacious, number one. Number two, if it was, it's not my job to shelter your child. It's your job. So I would say that's what really offended me the most was inferring that I would in any way turn someone else's child queer. Right. So I want to know, maybe same question for you, like, is there any situations that you felt offended by or has has the way that you felt about things changed over time? Um, yeah. For me, I feel like one thing that's mostly offended me are just like the hypocrisy people hold in where like they'll say, oh yeah, like I'm cool with gay, queer, LGBTQ people. Um, and I support you for being trans or like you're so brave, this and that. But then... But then, you know, they do treat me differently than they would treat other people. And I, and then they exclude me from things. And, like, one thing that hurt me not long ago, and I've discussed this with you enough, and I'm not going to get too deep into it, but was, was um, being excluded from a wedding party because... Not, like, the w- actual wedding party, but, like, being in the bridal party because... I was told that I was trans and... Holy shit. Well, let me wait until that motorcycle passes. <laughs> but... Yeah, the whole... Me being trans... Would ruffle people's feathers or make people uncomfortable if I was included in the bridal party. As, like, if I was, you know, bridesmaid or maid of honor kind of thing. And I was just told, you know, like... It one side of the family is too conservative and they wouldn't understand or this or that, you know? And um, and it was just hypo- hypocritical because in the bridal party, there was actually a guy as a bridesmaid, you know? And he was gay and... Or he is gay. And, and you know, like, he wasn't, like, a mass gay guy either. Like, he also played into his, like, androgyny thing... And he was very cute. And I don't have anything against him or anything. But, like, I know nobody stood up for me in that bridal party. And nobody... And everyone knew why I wasn't being included. And everyone was still kind of, like, questioning where, like, why are you upset? Like, why? And it was just someone I was close to and have had falling out with over the years. And I thought this wedding thing would bring us closer together and help mend our relationship or you know be a step for us to mend our relationship so that we could stay friends and throughout adulthood or whatever but it really did just you know uh bring about the truth of how they felt about me and how they were going to continue to treat me so that relationship became severed and I don't really like I'm not in a place where I'm necessarily it you know, pain comes up when I talk about it, but it's not something I'm ever going to forget. And I'm never, and I don't ever feel like I'm going to be comfortable being close with this person for doing that, you know? And it just goes back to hypocrisy, you know? I think as long as you're not a hypocrite with the way you treat me and the way you talk about things, especially when it involves transness and gender and people's sexuality. You know, I think the most important thing is 
that people are held accountable and if um and I want to do that like I want to hold people accountable and that's I think a, what we lack as people is holding others accountable because I think a lot of us do turn a blind eye when someone is being shitty or things are happening especially like when it comes to other things like politics like are we really holding politicians accountable was Donald Trump being held accountable was you know are like sexual predators that are men or even women held accountable and are they treated differently no like it's always a lot more misogynistic and men get away with a lot more you know or there's not much backlash to what they deal with even if they are proven to be guilty of what they're accused of you know and um i just think yeah it just all goes back to being held accountable and um but I mean, other than that, I like being offended or this or that. I think also another thing that's been bothering me is just the way men perceive me. And it's just like, it's just all over the place. And I've just like, I'm in the process of like letting go of how men perceive me and getting or seeking any male validation you know like that's an everyday struggle for me because like for so long it was tied into my identity where like me performing as feminine or presenting myself as being hyper feminine whatever I liked the benefits of getting male attention you know and that was just very it set me up to be in a toxic environment that was really always hurting me and never beneficial to me even if I was getting attention and like and or interacting with men who were attractive or had status or money whatever like none of it was beneficial in the end because like none of these men helped me with my transition like well that's kind of that's not 100% true but most men have never helped me with my transition (laughs) and most of them are just were never understanding of who I was or my identity. And they just, it was constantly like I was having to teach them things and hold their hands. And I felt like that was kind of wearing me down and like doling my brightness, you know, like I, it was able, I wasn't fully myself because I was constantly around people. I had to educate and be patient to and teach them about things. And I just like, you know, I came to a point where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why do I keep doing this? I need to be around people who are more like-minded and are already on the same page that I am. Like, I don't want to hold anyone's hand. I don't want to bring up a guy and educate him about how to treat me and this and that. And I don't want to, like, constantly be teaching a guy how my life and my perceptions and my experiences are always going to be different because I'm a trans person in this patriarchal society we live in, you know? And they should just already take that into account. They should be considerate people, you know? And a lot of men are not. Like, a lot of men, especially cishet men, are taught to be selfish and greedy and self-involved and... um and they just lack empathy and compassion towards other and I feel like because of me being associating or me like attaching myself to male validation and 
my identity being feminine and appealing to the male gaze, it was always just like slapping me in the face, you know, because I was never, there's no way for me to move up on that unless I was allowing myself to conform to this like kind of Stepford situation where like I am like, I probably would never be a Stepford wife because a lot of these guys are like transmisogynistic, but like a Stepford girlfriend, a Stepford blow up doll where I'm like stashed away in the closet, you like know? A trophy wife. Yeah, like I'm a trophy wife or a trophy girlfriend, and then I'm put away whenever they are linked or whenever they're participating in society, I'm just kind of like put away or just like taught put to the back you know and because like there's still some kind of shame and there's still like I'm never gonna be 100% accepted in their reality or their view of the world or this or that and yeah I don't know like I feel like I'm totally just going off into this tangent so I don't know we can move on from this but um I have a question for you. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this story that you kind of brought up brings a question to mind about allyship, right? Mm-hmm. Some allyship seems performative and I want to I I feel like again, this is going to be a little bit more controversial. But let's say you have a friend who claims allyship, who likes to post that they have allyship especially around pride time, but then they date someone who is homophobic or transphobic or racist or anything like that. I mean, do you feel like that disqualifies their allyship? Because I feel like it does to some extent. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think not even to just some extent, I think it completely disqualifies. Like this might be a harsher take, but I think it does completely disqualify them from actually being an allyship. Because like if you claim to be an ally but you're still participating and involved with someone who is harmful and um, engaging in harmful ideologies and actions that, you know, oppress or belittle queer people, trans people, gender nonconforming people, whatever it is, you know. What's the point, you know? Like, what's the point of, like, educating yourself and trying to prove yourself in through social media or whatever that you do support the lgbtqia community but then you go and like um date someone who is harmful you know and has narrow-minded views and you know i feel like we are constantly around people like this especially like here in this conservative area like there are plenty of girls who still date these like really awful conservative cishet guys who have group chats with their cishet male friends and send each other photos of each other's like um shit that they took in the toilet like and just to like laugh at each other and i think that's like i mean yeah like i I'm bringing that up as a joke, but, like, it's very true. Like, there are plenty of guys who have these group chats where they just sound, like, the most, like, uh, 
provocative like pornography clips or um pictures of their own bowel movements and um just these like horrendous things to get the reaction out of their friends you know like basically to try and horrify them and like and sometimes that includes like trans porn or gay porn and they're mocking it you know and then these girls go and like buy a jeffree star makeup palette or like watch um james what's that little twink james charles videos and they're like hey sisters and like they think because they've done this performative thing they're in the okay you know and i feel like it's hypocritical and they should be held accountable and i know it's not just women you know like there are plenty of also like cis gay people who um play on this like performative thing to their lgbtq um brothers and sisters and they like always stab us in the back you know or they go and say well i have conservative family and i'm not gonna like really their opinions whether they're conservative or harmful towards others are their own opinions and because i'm not necessarily being oppressed because like gay rights move movements are a little bit more ahead compared to trans rights movements and like trans people of color movement especially for like black trans women you know they're they allow them to be completely ignored and there's no solidarity you know and that's where like um there's you know like black trans women are just more likely to get murdered or harassed or experience all this like awful things compared to like a cis gay man or a cis gay woman and you know people don't take that into consideration as often and i and i've like i've even experienced calling out this like somewhat popular like gym rat twitter funny guy where i call i called him out and said like he is not like in support for trans women of color and he like completely just disregarded that and said I support the LGBTQ community. And he, he like, brought up a tweet where, like, when Trump tried to ban uh, trans people from the military, that he didn't support that. He brought up that tweet where he was, like, denouncing um, any support for Trump and how wrong it is to ban trans people from the military. But I'm like, but that didn't address my original statement. Like, you don't support trans women of color like what does that trans women of color have to be have to do with the trans military ban brought up by donald trump you know and like the and the reason i bring that up is because there is like a backlash and i've never really received um so much interaction from twitter in the past but for some reason he engaged with me and all his followers chose not all of them but like a substantial amount chose to harass me and insult me and a lot of them were like white queer people telling me to be quiet and were calling me a bitch and it was just simply because i called him out and said like you bring up this just like this vague general statement but like where are you specifying that it's for trans women of color, you know? And I just feel like there's, you know, things like that that 
constantly happen and that's where we need to like as you know self-reflect and think about this or that you know and um that's where I'm like you're either a true ally or you're not because like you can claim you're you want to be an ally and try to learn as you go to be a better ally and I think that's perfectly fine there you're never going to be like 100% perfect and like I'm still learning certain things and this and that you know and I'm never gonna always be in the right so like it's sorry and yeah like I just it's hard to get it right all the time and I'm not gonna like be hateful towards these people but I just think we should be held accountable and yeah that's my whole point is you I think you are allowed to be disqualified and maybe that's harsh because I just said people are still learning in this and that but I do think you should be called out so that you can learn you know there's nothing wrong with that I think that um, masculinity creates this fragility with being called out. And if you're not able to be called out, then you're not able to really develop and grow and learn. And I feel like what you described almost seems like colorblindness. People like to say, oh, I'm not racist, I'm colorblind. Well, if you're colorblind, then you're blind to the disparities that this specific class has. This specific people of color have to deal with things different than white people you know what i mean um especially just in terms of statistics queer people of color especially uh trans black women deal with the most violence and it really comes down to in my belief insecurity on behalf of men it's that snake that eats its own tail it's the fact that yeah we're calling out men we're calling out the patriarchy we're calling out toxic masculinity but that's not to say that every man is inherently evil but that if he participates in the system that is bad it's a bad system it's like a cop you know what i'm saying right you participate in the system then you're not doing great because the system's not set up in the right way. So the snake that eats its own tail, the fact that this insecurity causes them to harm others, they're they're also harming men within their own community saying you can't express yourself, you can't have emotion. So a lot of that building up emotion, that emotion that they're bearing ends up coming out as violence towards women of color, which is just so frustrating. And I feel like that's such an important aspect that... uh, a lot of the queer community is not inherently allyship of trans. Some some queer people, some gay people are transphobic. Some trans people are transphobic. And I think this goes into something that we spoke about earlier before we got onto the podcast is that this ideal that you have to check all these boxes that you have to fulfill what this gender is um and if you don't then you're invalid is something that can permeate and poison the minds of not only cishet people but gay people trans people people turn on each other because of the ideal society has placed upon them and the fact that they are subscribing to that ideal instead of realizing, hey, I really need to check out of this. So something I want to ask you, we're kind of changing the subject just a little bit. Um, Do you feel that over time, 
gender expression has changed and i want to i want to know what your views on the changing of gender expression are i'll just start with mine i feel about 15 years ago when you had this subset of alternative that kind of became more popular um the lines between men and women were blurred they were wearing a lot of the same band tees. They were both wearing skinny jeans. Both men and women kind of had grown out their hair. Both men and women were wearing eyeliner and everything like that. And I think that kind of brings us to this point of gender is completely different based on the time, the culture, and the place. So I want to know maybe about your view of some ways that gender has changed in modern history. Um. Yeah, like, I agree with most of what you said, but I do think, like, I think as people expressing themselves through gender, like, I don't think that's necessarily changed as much. I mean, yes, it's changed, or, like, we've taken a bigger notice to it recently, and it's more accepted now, but I think in the past there have always been, like, gender nonconforming people, people you know, women who are more so tomboys or masculine and men who've always been a bit more feminine or metro or just always very stylish, you know, and um, and maybe throughout, I just feel like the way society has been accepting has changed over time for sure. Like, I feel like there's always a time where it's very, like, more, it's more lenient and people are, like, chill about it and then like with the 60s and the 70s men having longer hair and wearing these like tight pants and it seems um, like windows right yeah yeah and i feel like there's always been like this introduction of androgyny and where like gender is doesn't matter as long as you're dressing to look and feel good and i think that's what's important but i do feel like now people are like hyper focused on this thing regarding representation and how we perceived and represent ourselves because of social media like it's constantly in our faces but that's up to us to like either put our phones down or you either diversify what you're exposed to because like if you are constantly in your what's that bubble called um echo chamber yeah your echo chamber (laughs) bubble (laughs) but um yeah like if you're constantly in your echo chamber you're and you have, like, these biased views and perceptions of certain things, whether of how people perceive and present themselves, like, it's constantly going to be a negative thing or a positive thing, and you're not seeing the full context of it as a society or even throughout the world, because I feel like here in California, we're constantly, like, in our own or not just California, but, like, in America, we're in our own bubble. And we forget what's going on in the world because, like, we're hardly presented with what's going on in the world unless it's a national disaster. Disaster or another, like, natural disaster with a tsunami or a really bad earthquake. But we're not really talking about, like, how they have, you know, been presenting with their gender and their fashion and, like, this or that and, like... A lot of people don't allow themselves to be fully aware to all of that. And it's hard, especially because, like, our media for the U.S. is very biased and self-centered, you know, like, and self-serving, you know. And I do think, like, there's just, you know, like, a lot to that question that you asked. But I do think 
Oh my gosh, some kid fell or something. I'm oh. so glad. Is their parent around? Oh my <laughs> I don't know if their parent is around. Anyways, um, but yeah, like what I was saying is that, um, oh, what is this? Anyways, um, yeah, like I just think America is behind and we as a society could do better and it's constantly like, it, we're like turning on a, on each other because of like the media or this or that and instead of like holding each other up or not holding each other up but like just coming together as communities and uplifting each other that's what I'm trying to say uplifting each other we're just constantly like turning on ourselves and I think that's what's getting in the way of a lot of things you know so that's I do think we evolve as a society but constantly taking two steps back you know absolutely so that's irritating yeah absolutely i want to know what you think specifically about the way um society has put these standards upon women about their bodies how different it was in the 90s versus today you know with the ideal supposed kardashian mm-hmm. body versus the 90s body was like much heroin more, chic uh, heroin yeah. chic underweight mm-hmm. um i want to know how do you feel about the way that society shifts the standards and how women are constantly chasing the standard only for for then the standard to change yeah. and then they have to chase a new standard yeah well my whole opinion opinion is that that's all tied into like misogyny like we live in a patriarchal society where it's a lot harsher for women to exist and like we're constantly trying to fit this beauty norm that's like ever evolving and hard to attain and even once you attain, you're still constantly criticized, you know, one way or another. It's like Kim Kardashian, for example, you mentioned her and her body type. Like, um, she's a like relatively intelligent person, whether people want to admit that or not. You know, I think she knows what she's doing. I think she knows how to handle the money she's acquired. And she's, like, involved with several different businesses and if even if she doesn't have like a full understanding and i this could be debunked and she could be a total airhead she still has a team around her that's very smart and perceptive of what is make can make her money and what's good for her what's not and what's gonna put her in the media and what's gonna keep people's attention you know and but i do think you know she's still participating in this like harmful misogynistic thing where like whether her body is natural or not that's besides the point but I feel like it's she should be aware and know that it's harmful that young girls are getting this perception that that is an ideal body type and that should be attainable and that is what's worthy of getting people to like you or um, and I do want to clarify that, you know, specifically 
it wouldn't it would be totally fine to have all these different types of right. bodies right mm-hmm. there's so many different types of bodies and it would be fine for her to have her you know ideal out there right. her, her perception out there and her image out there uh if we had a little bit more um of diverse representation right and right. i don't just mean curvy women and skinny women i mean people that don't fit this hourglass shape because even the curvy women that are put in the media are uh, proportioned a very specific way right yeah and like i just wanted to add in like i grew up wanting to appeal and attain that heroin chic body so like curves to me i have i've always kind of you know like distanced myself from that because i didn't see myself being curvy and I didn't think that was attractive in a way but that was my own internalized misogyny because regardless of what you're you still have genetics and your body's still going to be a certain way and I just do think like with this body positivity movement it is actually like a helpful thing because like what the main message of this body positivity thing is that Beauty comes in all shapes and sizes, you know, all different skin tones, all races and ethnicities and all heights, you know, and it and you're never going to like please everyone. So as long as you're comfortable in your body, that's what's important. And and if you want to work out and if you want to get surgery, that's up to you. But just know, like, if what's the most important thing is if you're happy and comfortable and that's you know basically it but yeah like I do think it's I'm glad you brought up this topic just because like it does tie into gender as well you know and I feel like there also is an ideal body type that men are um upheld to and for a lot of them it does create some insecurities here and there but I do think women have it a lot harsher, you know, because like there are so many like men who are unattractive in various ways or just very mediocre who are constantly who have the confidence to put down women regardless of how attractive they are. And they just think because there's they see this one flaw in women that they can belittle women, you know, and I think that's the big problem is that. Men have the confidence to constantly belittle women, whether, whether you know, they are perceived as attractive or not. And then... Um, I think that you bring up a really good point about men belittling women. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this there's this trend where men will hit on a woman, and if she doesn't respond in a favorable way, right. he'll react negatively and be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're ugly. Fuck you. I wasn't excuse me, but yeah. I wasn't interested in you anyway." Type of thing because of their insecurity, right? Yeah. So men are not only harming women with. Uh, this communication, but also harming any chance they have at, at developing any type of healthy relationship. And yeah, you know, bo- body image really does affect men. Recently, I saw an image um, that Rihanna Fenty line, she's got underwear for men. There was a dude on there that was a little bit chubbier. 
And everyone in the comments was shaming this guy. And it was so frustrating. And some people were even like, oh, I got a body type like this, but I would never want to be pictured up there. La da 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 da. And it's like, man, you really hate yourself so much that you need to spread that hate onto other people. And I really commend um, people out there like Rihanna who uh, take it upon themselves to really diversify their brand imaging by bringing on people of various various shapes and sizes like i really love how she brought on dex rated and he is a really amazing plus size model and i think that's really cool but you're absolutely right that women are held to a much higher standard because for women it's not just oh generally look this shape it's like look this shape have perfect skin be hairless and that's another thing i want to bring it back to i feel like a lot of the standards placed on women are um, to a degree infantilizing them you know making them look younger making them look in some ways sometimes prepubescent and i want to know your ideas on that because that is a little bit a little out there a little extreme a little controversial um i think that's a really good thing to bring up just to uh support your shift in the conversation Hold on, I think we need to move because I'm being bitten by mosquitoes or something. The joys of being in the park. I know, I'm like, I have three bites already. We can walk and talk. Okay. Like uh, in West Wing. 